0: Engines! It's Sheila from To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, and welcome to our inaugural edition of our men's podcast. Uh, The last Thursday of every month, we are going to have a Start Your Engines podcast to help guys understand their wives. (laughs) And I have brought my husband Keith on for this one. Hey, guys. Because, hey, we need a man's voice too. So some of you guys listening, you already know me. You've been following the blog at tolovehonorandvacuum.com, where we mostly talk about sex and marriage. And I guess guys like to talk about sex sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's
1: kind of funny because this is a, when I heard you had all these male people following your website, I'm like, it's a Christian women's website. Like, what the heck is that about? I didn't totally understand that. Um, But, you know, as you and I have been around speaking at marriage, you know, to couples at churches and doing a lot of our engagements, I've met some of the guys that follow you and, and they basically are just. Guys that want to understand their wives better, and they they uh, they want to see a women's perspective about these things, so they can be better husbands. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. So. Yeah,
0: you're putting that really nicely. I think a lot of guys too just come to the site because they're wondering about sex as well. Maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, one guy said it. I think he was joking, but he said, "You know, you need to know your enemy."
0: <laughs> no, no, that's not what we're about. But, <laughs>
1: he was joking. He was yes, joking.
0: but definitely, I mean, there are issues with sex in a lot of Christian marriages and we don't always talk about it really well. And so I try to get real. I try to give really practical tips because I am all for having amazing sex in marriage. We
1: want to have the best marriages we can have.
0: Yeah. And a lot of, and the, one of the big problems with sex in marriage is that the couple just doesn't understand each other and they get in these real ruts. And so I had a number of women telling me, can you please do a podcast where you tell your husbands, the stuff that you're always telling us. So I decided that I would do that. So that is what this podcast is. The last Wednesday of every month, or Thursday, we're going to have a focus on guys, which doesn't mean that you women listeners can't listen because it's still going to be material that you're going to enjoy too, but we're going to have it more directed at what guys can know and how to help them get their needs met in marriage as well. Mm -hmm. So welcome guys. Yep. (laughs) So today we just want to do an overview of Probably the biggest problem that guys show up on the blog with, which is, drum roll please, that your wife doesn't want to have sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. seems to be a pretty universal problem. Yep. I shouldn't say that actually. It's not universal because 30% of marriages, she has the higher sex drive. (laughs) Yeah. But we're not really going to focus on that so much because I think that most of the guys coming to the blog are the ones with a higher sex drive. Yep and uh, And most of you guys listening are probably in that position
1: now at some point in the future, I think having that talk is a really good one because that's a good topic.
0: Yeah, and I talk to women about that a lot, yeah, for but sure. I think we
1: should talk to the guys who are in who are the low drive guys in that relationship, mm-hmm. but I think that's a whole separate topic.
0: Mm-hmm. And for most of the guys here it's because you're wondering yeah. why when we got married I thought sex was gonna be awesome and And
1: easy and she was gonna want it all the time and that's Yeah, what I be. mean
0: I mean you're allowed to have sex now, so why aren't you jumping each other constantly? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so let's try to answer that question.
1: Yeah, and I and I think the biggest thing is is recognizing those differences in you know drives between men and women like men and women see sex very differently Mm -hmm. we're both sexual beings god's made us that way but we approach it in a very different way yeah
0: and i want you to hear what you just said okay we both are sexual beings women are sexual beings too but a lot of times guys actually don't Believe that probably because women don't believe it either. Well, and I think
1: there's a lot of bad teaching out there as well too. That you know, like first of all, like there's the teaching of sex is bad, right? Like Mm -hmm. you know, and then then there's the there's then there's sort of the subtle feeling of like, well, guys want sex and it's okay for guys to, but it's not okay for women to, and that's really also uh, not helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then there's all kinds of other toxic teachings that can really kill a woman's Mm -hmm. sex drive, and we might get to those in, in future podcasts. But I thought for this one, what I would try to do is explain how libido works because it is quite different because
1: it's different for men and women i mean i think this is the big thing that a lot of marriages the the guy you know sort of puts the puts the you know feelers out there this maybe let's let's do this tonight and she doesn't immediately say that's awesome let's do that and so he thinks she's not interested she you know he can even start to think she doesn't she doesn't love me she doesn't want me all these kind of things because he doesn't understand Mm -hmm. that women see sex different than men.
0: Right. And, and that our libidos work very differently. So here, here's a study for you. Rosemary Abbott, university of British Columbia, a couple of years ago, did a study on how libido works. Now for men, most men are aroused before they start. (laughs) Okay. I don't (laughs) know. It's what what causes
1: them to start. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It's like they're, they're, things are already raring to go. Um, all signs are pointing upwards, so to speak, okay? <laughs> but, but I'm women... shaking my head. <laughs> but women don't necessarily work that way. What she found was that for the majority of women, arousal did not come before sex. It only kicked in once you started. Mm-hmm. So they weren't actually in the mood at all before they started kissing and touching and everything. But after they started that kissing and touching, then things got going. Mm-hmm. So it's backwards.
1: Well, from a male perspective. From a male backwards.
0: perspective, yeah. yeah. But, but often we take that male perspective because men are and to go, and we think that that's the norm and that somehow women should become that. And so then we assume women aren't sexual.
1: Well, yeah, and you, and you see that in media all the time. Like, you know, the movies show that
0: way. Yeah, because like no matter what, what TV show, movie, whatever it is you're watching, the plot when it comes to sex is always the same. Okay, it always goes like this. So the couple is together and they're panting. And so then they start to kiss and then the clothes come off and then they end up in bed, right? Like no matter what you're watching, that is always the plot. You pant and then you kiss and then the clothes come off and then you end up in bed. And so a lot of women, we grow up and we see these things and we think that that's what libido is, right? That that's what sex is. You pant, kiss, clothes, bed. That's the order. And so women are are sitting at home and we're waiting to pant. (laughs) Because we've been told that that's what's supposed to happen first. And then when no panting happens, we figure we're not in the mood. And that's what he figures too. Yeah. But that's not actually the way libido works. Not for women, no. No. Like for us, like when you start kissing, when you start touching, then libido will often kick in, but not necessarily all the time either.
1: That's right. (laughs) But I think the, the key thing here for the guys to hear is that, you know, we need to be a little less directional uh, in, in, in sexuality with our, with our wives, instead of it being like a goal, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of thing that we're more just trying to be intimate, uh, you know, physically. And so we'll, we'll start and we'll see where it goes. (laughs) Sort of attitude is probably a lot more healthy and a lot more helpful for women, a lot less pressure on her and that sort of thing as well too.
0: Yeah. Here's another analogy that you hear a lot. I've I've heard this in a lot of Christian presentations actually, is that men are like microwaves and women are like. Slow cookers. Slow cookers, yes. And I think what they're trying to get at is that like men heat up fast. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully not that they're done fast. Yeah. I always throw that line 30 in. 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> 30 seconds and we're done. Hopefully not that. but that We men, should do a
1: podcast on that too. Actually. Yeah, we should.
0: But that men heat up fast. But then women, we take longer to heat up. But once we do, we're nice and tender or, or, <laughs> or whatever, whatever that may be. Um, but what most guys may understand is that To call a woman a slow cooker implies she will eventually heat up. And there is no guarantee at all. Yeah.
1: Women are very funny that way.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, like one night, you know, you could do something that has your wife in raptures and three nights later, you're doing exactly the same thing, like move for move. And she is lying there and you know, she is just thinking, will you just get it over with? Because I want to get to sleep, (laughs) right? Because it's not about what you're doing. It's about what she is thinking. And that's what guys need to understand, okay? For women's sex drives, they're not biological in exactly the same way as men's. It doesn't mean that we don't have a biological component, mm-hmm. okay? It's just but that... It's, a
1: lot of it's in your head.
0: A lot of it is in our head. like, And I'll explain why in another podcast, because there's actually quite an interesting reason for it. But yeah, like, we need to feel loved. We need to feel like we're safe. We need to feel like everything is good to go before we can be good to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas often men feel... Let's do this in order to feel safe and good in the relationship.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think for men, uh, you know, you initiate and your wife responds and you, and you have sex. It's this really great affirming feeling that, oh, yeah, she loves me. We're together. We're close. Mm-hmm. But I think women need to feel that closeness and that intimacy before they can actually engage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I put it in my book, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, is that men make love in order to feel loved, whereas women need to feel loved in order to make love. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit of a generalization, but I think it it rings true.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times guys are sort of, they're thinking, well, I love my wife, so why doesn't she feel loved and why doesn't she want to have sex with me? And they get very frustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't understand that it's, it's more than just saying I love you and that sort of thing. It means being you know, responsive and listening to your wife and trying to understand what actually makes her tick.
0: Yeah, and I think, and we're going to get into all of that in other podcasts. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about how to make sex feel good for her, um, what to do if she just has no libido whatsoever, all of those things are going to be coming up in future podcasts.
1: The chief thing you're trying to say now is, guys, don't think that your wife doesn't want you because she doesn't want you right at the outset.
0: Yeah, and, and that's true for women as well because I think the, the problem is that we take men's sexuality because it's so... Automatic and obvious and and all encompassing and everything. We, we take that as the norm, mm. and then we think that she's broken. Yeah,
1: and then and then everything in the media supports that. Right. So something's wrong with you because you're not throwing yourself at men. And you're not panting. Woman. And you're not panting <laughs> as a woman. Something's wrong with you, and, and that's not true. And a lot of guys, you know, say, I, "I think my wife's frigid. I think my wife is my wife never wants to have sex." Well, you know, I think that that's because we don't understand how it really works for women, and and I think that we need to be sort of trying to value, kind of just, you know, non-sexual touch, just being a lot more intimate, a lot more making Mm -hmm. it a safe environment. I mean, certainly I think it should go without saying, but I don't, it doesn't go without saying is that we need to be being respectful in the way we speak to our wives and not being aggressive or, you know, controlling or hurtful Mm -hmm. in the things we say and do.
0: Mm -hmm. But you can do all the things right and still have her not necessarily want sex because she can also believe that libido is supposed to be this pant kiss close bed thing yeah. and then when it doesn't work that way for her she assumes she just doesn't want sex either
1: so both of you should just be open to talking about these things and saying it like you know you can, now you've listened to this guys you can go back to your wives you can say hey look sex should be an important part of our marriage and our relationship it's really important let's make it great for both of us mm-hmm. let me figure out how you tick let me mm-hmm. like let's talk about what works for you what doesn't work for you let's listen to this together you know if she's she doesn't think that she has a sex drive Mm -hmm. maybe she does maybe we just need to unveil it
0: yeah Yeah. because for women our sex drives are almost entirely in our heads as i said and what that means is that when we are thinking positively about sex you can actually get quite turned on and engaged like i may be thinking zero about sex like i Mm -hmm. might be thinking nothing at all but you know if you start kissing me if if we start touching or whatever and i decide hey, you know what? I deserve to feel good tonight. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. Then I can get into it. But if in my head I'm thinking, this isn't going to work. I'm not there. It doesn't matter what you do.
1: And I think that's Mm -hmm. true for all women. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, and we know, I mean, like women are definitely sexual beings. I mean, women can have multiple orgasms. I mean, there's a capacity for real definite enjoyment for women. Even more so than
0: men, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I I would have no
1: idea of knowing that, but that's what the studies <laughs> apparently say. Yeah. So, I mean, it is there, it's out there. And, and I, 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 guess I just want to encourage the couples who aren't feeling satisfied in this area of their relationship. Don't give up, mm-hmm. like just talk to each other, like read good teaching about this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things I think is great. And this is just a, you know, plugging your book is the 31 days to great sex. Yeah. Um, going through that as a, as a couple. Like almost as a devotional kind of thing, you can sort of each day you can read one of the days, and some just... of those
0: days don't feel devotional. But yeah. no, I know, <laughs> but it and is. I kind of I
1: kind of joke and say that, but it's but it's true. I mean, because often we we don't even know how to have these conversations. It's mm-hmm. awkward, you know. It, growing up in the church, you don't talk about these things, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel it feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you start? And you, there's there's a lot of vulnerability even in talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, so having a little guide like that is useful in working through these things
0: yeah and 31 days to great sex the ebook version is only four ninety-nine, so it's yeah. super cheap but it is a full-size book it's yeah. it's 31 exercises and you just read what it says and then you and then you do the challenge so it's like two to four pages you read a night and then you do the challenge and a lot of them are just like you know getting more affectionate figuring out our libidos and then some of them get a lot spicier and
1: they're not they're not all touchdowns guys okay so (laughs)
0: they're about starting your engines not necessarily finishing but yes but but then there are several on how to finish for her but that's beside the point anyway so that that's a good way to just understand each other's sexualities because we are really different and what I want the guys to go away from this Mm -hmm. first podcast with
1: she's not wrong she's not wrong she's she's just different yeah and And she's supposed to be different
0: and I want women to understand that too that's one of the biggest things I talk about on my blog is women you are still sexual beings even if you don't feel like it right now because I think if we can just get that like I said sex begins in the brain and if we're thinking this isn't going to work. I don't like sex. Sex doesn't work for me. You're right. It's not going to work.
1: Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm.
0: So how can we get on the same page, understanding that our libidos are different? They're different for for a reason. And we'll get to that in another podcast. But but if you get that, if you understand that, then we can start saying, okay, how can we make it great for both of us? And how can we affirm both of us in this? Mm-hmm. 31 days to great sex. It's 31 really fun challenges in 31 days. Just read two to four pages a day together and do what it says. It's easy peasy. And don't worry, you don't have to have sex for 31 days straight. Instead, you'll learn to talk more openly about issues, flirt more, deal with baggage, figure out what feels good, try new things, spice things up, and so much more. It's the best 31 days you will ever have in your marriage. Why not start today? On my podcast, I like to have a millennial marriage segment where we bring on a younger person because I mean, I'm not I'm not totally old, but I'm not millennial for sure, and give their perspective. And so, um, my daughter, who writes a ton on the blog and is an author herself and is about to become a mom herself, uh, is here to join us. Yes, I am to all of those things,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, just to help millennial guys, well, and other guys, really understand women's perspective. So, in this segment, what we want to do is tell you guys more about how women think so becca take it away okay so this all came
2: around because we wrote a post that was talking about lust and it inevitably turned into the yoga pants debate are yoga pants acceptable Mm -hmm. and um one of the our male commenters um challenged me to say one thing that was as sexually attractive to women as yoga pants are to men and i answered suits yep (laughs) You have no idea how many times I've heard women say, I would tear that suit off of him with my teeth. Okay. Like it legitimately is an actual turn on for a lot of women. So anyway, so we got into that whole conversation and then he responded with a comment that I just thought we had to talk about because it so perfectly shows how a lot of times we just don't understand that's because someone else's sexuality is different than ours. Like a woman's sexuality is different from a man's doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. Okay. Right. So here's what he said. After I said the whole suits thing. How are women sexually aroused by something that covers up the entire body of a man, plus hides much of his physique? Only a guy's face and hands are visible in a suit. That's it. No other skin is showing. Now, the same can be said of a woman wearing yoga pants and some sort of torso-hugging shirt, no skin is showing, but there's still a vast difference because her shape is easily discernible. With yoga pants, guys know the shape of her butt and can often to make out other things, which I won't mention to keep this G-rated.
0: And thank you for doing that, yes. Thank you, Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
2: With a suit, oftentimes, you can't tell, for example, the shape of a guy's butt. Yoga pants are so much more sexual than a man's suit. Now, if you still want to argue that a man's suit is titillating, it is mainly because of what it signifies. It signifies status, intelligence, wealth, power, responsibility, ambition, etc. What these women you know are so excited about, but what they're not consciously aware of, is the linking of these non-sexual attributes with sexual attractiveness. If it were purely sexual, a shirtless attractive man would be more attractive, or a man in a tight workout bodysuit, for instance. Women constantly confuse and confuse Inflate non-sexual attributes <laughs> with sexual ones another reason i know this ask a woman of what age a man is visually most physically appealing and then step back and watch her think and squirm to come up with an answer ask a man of any age and nearly universally he will say and say quickly 21 plus or minus five years this is documented truth
0: okay so here's a guy who is saying that women just don't understand what sexual attractiveness means
2: yes and i i'm sorry I, I i read this and i actually started laughing it sounded a lot to me like if a deer and a wolf were talking okay <laughs> just just mm-hmm. bear with me i'm gonna say this metaphor and then hopefully it'll make sense why i found this so just comical and a deer is talking and the wolf says well what do you like to snack on and the deer says oh i love birch bark It's the best snack ever. I think it's fantastic. I would eat birch bark all day. And the wolf says, you silly deer. You don't understand what a snack is. Birch bark isn't a snack. Rabbits are snacks. You should eat rabbits instead. Right. (laughs) And it's like, no, the deer should not eat rabbits because the deer was not designed to eat rabbits. (laughs) The wolf also probably shouldn't eat birch bark. Right. It's okay that we are different, but I just love that one sentence that women constantly confuse and conflate non-sexual attributes with sexual ones. If women are attracted
0: sexually to something, that is a sexual attribute to women. Yep, exactly. And And so guys, just understand that Even if she's not sexually attracted in the same way that you are, it doesn't mean that she's not sexually attracted to anything.
2: Or it doesn't mean she's broken.
0: It doesn't mean that she doesn't
2: understand sex. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't understand female sex. Mm -hmm. Like sexuality.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really the point is like when we don't understand each other, then things can stop working because we start thinking the other person is broken.
2: And the problem is, Hollywood and media and books, they all portray sexuality from a man's sexual perspective.
0: Mm -hmm. They really
2: do. It's all about the big boobs and the tiny waist and the how and he's got the rippling muscles and all that kind of thing and although yeah those things are often very physically attractive as well women's sexuality is often a lot more nuanced and it's not as easy to portray in those movies
0: yeah i remember um and maybe this is sharing too much information but uh another millennial that i'm quite close to like aka your sister um before (laughs) she she married someone who has the rippling muscles okay and and he has the uniform He has the Mm -hmm. uniform, which many women drool over because he's in the military. So, you know, he's the whole package, right? But she told me before they were married, the time that she felt the most tempted and she had the hardest time, like, not sleeping with him was the day that they had spent at a picnic with friends of his and she saw him playing with a three-year-old boy and the way that he handled <laughs> the way that he handled kids she was like i need to jump this man i need to have a cold shower i need to get out of here cuz this isn't good <laughs> you know <laughs> and and that's true you know for a lot of us the way guys handle kids is extremely sexually attractive like when you're a good dad oh my gosh
2: Yeah, or if you're, if you are someone who is motivated or who is ambitious or who is successful, those things are also quite, quite attractive. And that doesn't mean that it's unattractive all the time. Someone doesn't have what we consider like the typical, you know, high powered job. But that's why these kinds of things do tend to be more attractive is because women want to feel safe and protected. And like, you know, we're with a man who can take care of, you know, just general life things. Mm hmm. And that's why it's not always just about the the physical looks. Obviously, there are also women who are just incredibly visually attuned and who are very visually stimulated when it comes to arousal. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that most women are visually stimulated to a certain extent. It's just that I think that for women often other things overpower that initial visual stimu- that initial visual response yes. more so. Than uh, when it comes to sexual attraction, more so
0: than with men. Yeah, in fact, we recently asked on Facebook what are some ways that guys can stay attractive to their wives, and we came up with a list of ten. I will link to them in the podcast uh, extras for this podcast. You can find that link in the description. Um, and five of them did have to do with physical attributes, but then the other five were more character traits that she finds she finds really attractive.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's just why we wanted to talk about this. Was just. To let you know that, you know, if you're having a hard time understanding what makes your wife tick, or if you're having a hard time understanding why she doesn't seem to respond to sex the same way you do. Maybe you're just a wolf talking to a deer Mm -hmm. and you need to understand that you're going to have different perspectives.
0: But it's also those differences that make things exciting.
2: Really, it really is.
0: On each of my podcasts, I like to take a reader question and take a stab at answering it. And today I'm not going to take an actual reader question. I'm going to take the most common reader question and and give us a framework for thinking about it in, in our inaugural podcast. So we've already talked about a framework for thinking about libido. I want to just go a little bit deeper and more explicitly in what that looks like. So the most common question we get, the number one question is, what do I do when my wife doesn't want to have sex with me? Mm -hmm. and a lot of guys feel that way. (laughs) And so I I just want to flesh out the three big areas that I would say need to be addressed to try to deal with this question.
1: Yeah, because I think, again, as we sort of talked about in the the libido section, sex for women is a very holistic thing. So guys... It can be like your life can be going really badly in every other area and like sex will make all of it feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. So that's where we want to go, right? Yeah. Like I had a crap day at work <laughs> and the you know, like, like whatever, whatever. Like. So if I'm going to, if I have sex, I'll feel better. So that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And then, but the thing is, women are exactly the opposite of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And in, in my book, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, you know, I explained how sex is about, it's not just about physical intimacy. Yeah. It's also about emotional intimacy, which is like feeling like like you're good, like you're friends, like you're having fun. Mm-hmm. And then it's spiritual intimacy, which is that feeling like we're really one. Yeah. You know, and then of course it's physical intimacy too. Um, so that's what sex is supposed to be. So what I would say to guys is, if your wife doesn't want to have sex, look at those three areas and here's yeah. how I would d- define them for you. Okay. Yeah. First of all, does she feel safe.
1: Absolutely. Cause I think that that's, I mean, just think about the, f- how it physically works. I mean, I think it's just incredibly amazing that the whole sexual experience where a woman is letting you into her body. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much more vulnerable can you get? Mm-hmm. A- and I think as guys, we need to respect that. We need to understand that. Um, so she needs to feel completely safe with you.
0: Yeah. And, and safety obviously encompasses, uh, feeling like, you respect her. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to control her. You're not
1: in any way damaging or hurtful to her.
0: Yeah, you're not blackmailing her, like saying, you know, you need to have sex or I'm not going to love you, yeah, or anything like that. Obviously, but for women, safety goes beyond that too. Like, like yeah,
1: it's more than that. It's like you know, they say women are nesters, right? Like mm-hmm. the nest has to be okay. Yeah. Like like if if things are not going well with the kids,
0: mm-hmm. then that
1: she feels like her life is kind of like a little bit unstable right now and that makes sex difficult for yeah a
0: or if, if she just had a really bad conversation with her mom Oh, yeah. You know? no, there's no
1: way that's going <laughs> to...
0: Doesn't mean now, no way. Now we're
1: talking for two hours about your mom. That's yeah. what we're doing tonight. But,
0: but maybe maybe, <laughs> but maybe if you do that, then you can get to the... Set, which we'll talk about,
1: at, at, you know. But, but you don't want to tell guys that you're doing it for that reason. right? right?
0: But so. I'm just saying, you know, when she feels like things are going wrong in her life or that things are out of control, it's going to be much harder for her to relax because yeah. if sex begins in the brain, she has to be able to turn off all of those things. Yeah. And if she has a lot of things on her brain... Train, it's going to be hard for her to buy. see okay guys. And, that, and that's
1: not saying guys that you're responsible for every single one of those things in her life and making sure those things always go well all the time mm-hmm. we're not saying that no. we're just saying we want you to recognize how women approach sex and that this is this can be a big stumbling block and it doesn't mean they're wrong or something's wrong with them this is what women are like
0: yeah and here's why i want you to understand this guys okay for you If a woman touches you, you're going to feel good. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of obvious, right? Generally, yeah. Yeah. Women, it it doesn't necessarily feel good unless our brains are engaged. Okay. We need to be able to concentrate and actually think about what you're doing and what our bodies are experiencing. And often our bodies and our minds are very disconnected. Mm -hmm. So if her mind is going somewhere else, like to that phone call with her mom, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you could be the best lover in the world (laughs) and she is not going to feel anything. She's going to be like, why is he touching me? Get away from me. Like, you're bugging me, <laughs> right? Um, and so that's why this stuff matters for her. It's not that she doesn't like sex. It's that she can't concentrate when there's something else on her mind. Mm-hmm. And
1: you, you always talk about the ping pong balls.
0: Yeah, like, you know those pinball machines? Oh, pinballs. Yeah, pinball pinballs. machines, yeah. Like, you know, that we used to play at, and you put the quarter in, and then they're just going bing, ping <laughs> like they're... They're binging off each other and off the sides. Lots of
1: noise and lots of lights. And yeah,
0: that's what she feels like all the time is that she has all these pinballs going around in her head and they're bouncing off her brain. And it just makes it really hard to concentrate. So you need to deal with those pinballs. Mm-hmm. and And the pinballs get bigger when it's about stuff that she feels like is out of control that matters Mm
1: -hmm. or if it stays there for a long time and doesn't get talked about
0: yeah um so that that's kind of what the safety means like she needs to feel like her life in general is safe
1: Hmm. and and one of the ways you can do that guys practically is just being a safe haven for her being a place that she can go and talk about things
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and
1: and and keeping communication open
0: Mm -hmm. so that's really important okay the next one is intimacy okay and and in intimacy we often think of in physical terms, but to me, what intimacy... In,
1: in the church, we often use that as a, as a synonym for sex. Oh, yeah. Because we can't say sex because right. we're Christians.
0: Right, exactly. Which, stri-
1: like, you can't see the look on my face, but it's like total puzzlement. But yeah. we can't say sex, so we say intimacy. Yeah, like
0: when I used to and do. we
1: we, you know, we're going to discuss intimacy
0: <laughs> today. You know, it's
1: just... I just I don't understand why we do that.
0: I know, like when I used to do radio interviews, I don't do as many anymore. I do more podcasts. When I used to do radio interviews, I could never say the word sex, and it got really you were not allowed to silly. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to. And anyway, but (laughs) I'm not I'm not talking about the physical here. I'm talking about that idea that he wants to know me. He wants to be connected with me. He doesn't just want sex. That's right. And I need to be connected with him. Mm -hmm. And so intimacy. Before you show us your stuff guys, <laughs> you gotta show us your heart <laughs> okay yeah. we need we need to feel like we know your heart before we want to know any other part of you,
1: yeah, you
0: know, so if she feels like you're holding back emotionally from her or like she doesn't really know what's going on in your head, she's not gonna wanna mm-hmm. do anything with another part of you yeah, and i
1: think this I think this is one of the things that I see that's really damaging is is and I hear this guy saying to women you know well I need this this is something I really need and if, if I don't get it from you then I'm just going to be tempted to get it elsewhere and and that's sort of the exact opposite to a woman of intimacy so because mm-hmm. what you're basically it's basically a threat now you, you're not meaning to do that guys you're just honestly feeling frustrated and I, and I, and I ex- understand that and I think that you know people when they're thinking about it logically and rationally understand that but saying that to your wife you know I'm going to have an affair unless you have sex with me or
0: I'm going to watch porn or I'm going to watch really... porn
1: or or things like that you know mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that doesn't build intimacy. It just builds
0: fear. No, and, and I, I read this in so many marriage books, and I've heard pastors say this, like, women, you don't understand the temptations your husband's under. Like, you gotta have sex with them to help him withstand these temptations. Nothing is a bigger libido killer than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that the guys want sex, but pastors and authors, when you say that, you guarantee there will be less sex in the marriage.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so guys, and you may say, well, it feels like that.
0: Mm-hmm. and that feels
1: true to me but it's not a helpful thing to say so
0: no and and it's not it's helpful. not, not
1: going get to get you what you want it's going to it's going to it's going to shut things down completely so so don't go there
0: yeah because what she wants to know is that you want you want her you don't just want sex and seriously stop stop saying that you're going to be tempted to do something because you need to own your own sin and your own temptation like she's not responsible for that so don't put it on her mm-hmm either. Okay. So, so you may be feeling very frustrated, but there's ways of talking about that that yeah. don't involve threatening her.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for instance, another help, more helpful approach would be to say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe you you feel like your wife has no sex drive and you're the one with all the drive. Let's say, you know, to sit down and talk to her and say, sweetheart, like this is something that's really important to me. I think it's, it's important to both of us because it's important to have a strong marriage that, that we have a good physical relationship. I mean, that's part of marriage Mm -hmm. and and that's the one thing that's unique Mm -hmm. to this relationship is is the fact that we actually are physically Mm -hmm. connected you know Mm -hmm. we're physically intimate we have sex Mm -hmm. that's unique to this and it's important to build that and and i want it to be a really great experience for both of us Mm -hmm. and i think it's a way that we could even be closer and more intimate if we worked on this, yeah, I mean, I think most women would respond to that very well. I mean, like they're not going to instantly jump into bed with you. Well, maybe, maybe, really, but but, <laughs> but they're but they're going to feel you want the, this is something you want as part of our relationship, as part of us being you know, closer and growing together. It's not like I could be any random woman and that would be fine for you because it's just all about a physical release or yeah. some sort of, you know, biological drive rather than about a relationship.
0: Yeah. So don't say that, okay? And, and and seriously don't don't describe sex as about his physical release. That's what love and respect did that book and that really is a libido killer for women too. When you read the sex chapter, it's all about the husband's physical release. No, sex is about it so much more. Like God created sex to help us be intimate at in all kinds of levels. And if you talk to your wife about that, like God made this to be amazing. And I feel like we're missing out on that. I feel like you're missing out on that. Can we talk about this? Because I don't want you to miss out on something that God created for you. you
1: know, I don't want us to miss out.
0: But even if you say, I don't want you to miss out, like That's I think true. that you're missing this That's hun. True. and I'm, I'm mourned for that. I'm mourn for you about that because I think God created us for more. Like, you know, even phrasing it that way, I, th- I think that can help. But yeah, just talking about how God created us for intimacy and it feels like our our life is missing that and our mm-hmm. life has become a big to do list. And I don't want that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to feel amazing. I want you to feel close to me. I want you to feel relaxed. That matters. Okay. The last one is pleasure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Cause this does matter. All right. And you know, the truth is in pretty much every sexual encounter, he has an orgasm. Okay. I would say like almost a hundred percent. But if you look at the stats... Well,
1: the chance of achieving (laughs) orgasm for a male is much higher statistically than a female. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at the stats for women, it's far lower. Like only about 18% of women have an orgasm every time they have a sexual encounter. So...
1: Is it that high?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know... And maybe that's one of the reasons why she's not really desiring sex is because sex doesn't feel that good. And I, th- I think
1: there's a lot of stuff out there about women who never have orgasm too. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I've got, there's a lot of stuff in 31 Days to Great Sex on how to help her in that way. Um, my Sexy Dares, uh, there's some stuff in there too on, mm-hmm. on how to help her, but but this is a major issue. So you know what I would say, guys, is if orgasm has been an issue in, in your marriage, aim for arousal. Mm-hmm. Every time you have sex, aim for arousal don 't worry about orgasm so much, but figure out how to arouse her and then the orgasm will come later or or whatever but mm. but aim for arousal
1: well, and I think the thing too is to is to listen to your wives, not just what they 're saying, but listen to their bodies, listen to their responsiveness because A lot of times women don't know what they want. No. Like, so if you say, what do you want to make it feel really good for you? Give me the list and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be pressure for her. She's not going to like that. She's not going to know how to respond. She may have no clue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just be, as I said, like, don't be directional. Don't be goal focused. This is a way of us enjoying each other, of experiencing each other. And we're going to do that. And then I'm going to be watching to see what things you know, seem to be good. And yeah. what things seem to work.
0: And I can guarantee you that intercourse is not high on the list for most women. Like if not you the start, yeah. no, if you jump into that, or if you think foreplay means, you know, do two <laughs> minutes here and three minutes there, and then we're done. In fact, that <laughs> might even be a little bit long for some of you. Yeah, she's gonna think sex is not yeah. good.
1: Well, and I always I say that too, when we talk at marriage conferences, that guys tend to think of foreplay as kind of like, The price of admission Mm -hmm. to the main event right and you need to get past that we need to sort of be thinking about physical sex as the whole gamut of physical intimacy and just experiencing each other and loving each other and enjoying each other um and women respond to that much better and 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 so there listen to your wives and watch what they do because you know you'll you'll find if if you're a sensitive husband like that you will find you'll you'll have a lot more Success, let's say, in, mm-hmm. in helping your wife get aroused and get, and get more turned on and attracted that way. And the thing too is to keep, you know, women are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, women, there may be a phase in their life where this is something that's really enjoyable. And then you find that that's not really doesn't seem to be turning your crank anymore. And you need to adjust your strategy and you adjust your way of approaching things. So mm-hmm. just be really res- uh, responsive and sensitive.
0: Mm-hmm. So those are those are the three big issues. If your wife doesn't want sex, look at those three big things. Does she feel safe in every area of her life in our relationship? And what can I do to help that? Are we intimate? Does she feel like she knows my heart? Does she feel like she's? Um, safe in our sexual relationship? And then does it feel good for her? And I have so many posts on different different elements of this. I've got a great post on 10 reasons why she may not want to have sex. Um, and that links to so many other posts. So I'm going to put that post in the podcast extras for this podcast. So um, there's a link in the podcast description to the blog post that I'm writing about this post. There's going to be so many posts that will help you le- um, learn more about this. And so go on over there. There's also links to 31 days to great sex and other things that can help. And maybe we can get to the bottom of this and help you experience amazing intimacy in every way in your marriage as well. I wanna do a big shout out here too for the Get Your Marriage On app. Guys, if you want your marriage to just be a lot of fun and to have an easy way to talk about stuff with your wife or bring up things that are bugging you or just feel close again because you gotta connect with her heart, check out Get Your Marriage On. It's it's so much fun. There's a lot of tools there for some great games you can play including like battleship strip poker which is awfully fun. But there's also these really great short videos that you can watch on conflict resolution, how to have a great marriage meeting, um, sex, so much more. So it's just, it, it's like going to a marriage conference or getting marriage counseling, but in super quick bites. And it's not boring. It's fun. So it's a great way to build your marriage. It's the kind of app that I would have created uh, if I had had the time. And, but I am so glad that these guys did it so that I don't have to. So I highly recommend it. Check it out. The links are in the podcast extras description for this podcast. Thanks for joining me for this Men's Inaugural Podcast. And I would just love to keep sending you resources that can help you grow your marriage, understand your wife better, have better sex, and all of that. But the best way to do that is to sign up for my email list so that you won't miss a podcast, but you'll also get all of these other great posts. And we do do some posts specifically for men on the blog every month as well. So uh, what I'm going to do too is two new subscribers at random, two new subscribers that sign up for my email list this week are going to get their choice of either our Sexy Dares or 31 Days to Great Sex. So we have we have a product of um, 24 Sexy Dares that you get to do together which are super fun. Eight that she does, eight that he does, and eight that you do together. And then 31 Days to Great Sex. You can check those out at the store but if you join up for the email list you could also win one of them. So sign up. Um, there is a link in the podcast description on how you can join the email list and I look forward to sending you more great stuff. So thank you for joining us for start your engines part of the to love honor and vacuum podcast family join us again next month the last thursday of the month for another start your engines and do check us out at to love honor, and vacuum.com.